Happy holidays, everyone. This is Kim and Amy. Hi, everyone. Your podcast co-host for the December episode. Amy, uh, I know we've been out actually riding and enjoying some of these uh, chillier days, and I know you really enjoy riding year-round as I do, but it's definitely been time to layer up and put on those extra lights and, and visible layers. Yes, I've been out riding through all the blustery, chilly days and um, keeping the lights charged through the winter months and stuff. That gets challenging. It does. Uh, <laughs> these windy days, Kansas has mm-hmm. been uh, really uh, dosing out the, the wind. Yeah, Clayton and I have had bike rides where we've had obstructions and litter and all sorts of stuff blown in between us. Well, so. and I know the three of us were riding down Douglas one day and we were literally leaning at like a 45 degree yeah. slant. It was quite interesting trying to stay upright. Yes. I just want to say how important it is to stay active through the winter months. I know that it gets very, very cold, but getting outside and getting moving and fresh air is so important, not only to our physical health, but our mental health. If we get snow, challenge yourself and get out and shovel that driveway because that is activity and that is being outside. I always feel so much better when my driveway is clear and I know I'm not going to accidentally skid into my neighbor's yard when I'm backing out. So it helps with a lot of different things. But well, And it really is. I mean, if you layer up. Yes. I mean, it's yes. all about, you know, as the saying goes, there's no bad weather, just, you know, bad clothes. Like you, yes. you just need to figure out, you know, what is works for you because it's right. also personal. It is. It is. And it is definitely worth making that effort to get outside and get moving because you will warm up. Yes, it's and, just that first five minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that first five minutes is is challenging. So challenge yourself to take a walk break over lunch, get outside, even if it's 20 degrees, if it's sunny, try to make that effort. And uh, it will really help improve your outlook for the winter and just kind of help keep you focused as, as we go through these uh, very uh, interesting times. Absolutely. So, very important. Well, in today's episode, um, Alan and I actually get a chance to sit down and have a great conversation with Council Member Becky Tuttle, who represents the very far northeast uh, area of our city. We also will share our upcoming lights, Christmas lights ride and walk, and Ronnie, our volunteer coordinator, will shine the spotlight on this month's special volunteer. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk today. Hello, today Kim Neufeld and I are talking with Wichita City Council member from District 2, Becky Tuttle. We're recording this in early November. Welcome to Bike Walk, Wichita. We're really looking forward to uh, talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. I've been here many times, so glad to come back in this capacity. Yeah, excited to have you back. So let's begin just by having you introduce yourself. Uh, what do we need to know about you as a, as a city council person and as a, as a member of the community? Uh, thank you again for letting me be here today. Um, I am Becky Tuttle representing District 2, which is the northeast portion of our community. Just to give a brief background, I came to this great state of Kansas in 2002 and was working at the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, really involved in helping our community to become clean, have clean indoor air, um, other initiatives. Then I worked at the Sedgwick County Health Department for, for quite a few years and worked on public health initiatives such as worksite wellness, healthy eating, the built environment and physical activity, fetal infant mortality, 
fluoridization, fluoridation of the water, um, and then went to the Greater Wichita YMCA, where I was the executive director of community development. So I tell people all things not swim and gym. But my true path to be- becoming a city council member was getting involved in our Park Foundation Board, but then also our District Advisory Board. Each city council member, the six city council members, have an 11-member board that represents their district. And it's an advisory capacity, but there are some processes where things in the community, ha- like such as zone have to go through the district advisory board before they go to city council and so when I was asked by then city council member Pete Meitzner to to be a part of that board I got really interested and excited and learned so many things about the city that I thought that I didn't even know I thought I knew a lot and I learned a lot more and so when uh, then council member Meitzner was elected to be a county commissioner I was selected by then mayor and city council to fulfill the last year of his term so that was in January of 2019 and then in November of 2019 the residents of district 2 through their most precious right the right to vote elected me to serve a four-year term all right so you've talked about how you became a city council yeah. person why did you, were you interested in being on the city council? That's a great question. Um, I tell people when I lay my head down and take my last breath on this earth, which I hope is a long time <laughs> from now, this will be the most impactful thing that I've ever done. We are making decisions for the community that will have impact for not only um, decades to come, but generations to come, such as our new water treatment plant or the infrastructure that we build or the programs that we en- we enable. So it, I really, I know it's probably the wonky answer that everybody gives, but they just want to make a difference. But I felt like I had already served the community and my philosophy is you must serve before you lead and so I felt like I had served and now I was ready to lead. All right so of course we're interested in in biking and walking but really the reason that we're uh, interested in that is because we want to make Wichita and its neighborhoods more attractive places to live. Uh, Is there so along that line is there some place in Wichita that you find that you really like to show to other people, someplace you find particularly attractive or interesting? So I would be completely remiss if I didn't select something in District 2. So (laughs) (laughs) um, the one thing that I've been taking people to, and I I know we'll probably chat about it a little more too, but the 96 and Greenwich Corridor has just exploded Mm -hmm. over the last several years and and really excited about the potential growth that will continue. Stryker, the Mm multi-sport complex that's there through Gracious um, star bonds from our state partners allowed to, to be built is just a fantastic facility. If you haven't seen Stryker at night when there's a tournament and all the lights are on and you go on 96, it's an amazing facility. And last year, BC, before COVID, when the world was still a little <laughs> normal, and we were building our beautiful baseball stadium, I kept saying over and over again, if everybody wasn't talking about baseball, they'd be talking about Stryker. Yeah. So it's just a fantastic facility, and, and it's so great to go out there even now and see hundreds and hundreds of families and athletes participating and and being active Um, so that's one thing that I always try and when people come and when people are asking about Wichita the other thing I wanted to highlight and it's tied back to bike share ICT which I hope we'll get to chat about and is one of my passion areas but the flag murals in town especially downtown are really fantastic Um, the other thing that I'm excited about right now and I'm trying to get around um, and do is we've 
put um, smaller keepers in parks across our city to celebrate our community's 150th anniversary this year. So my goal is to try and get to each park and to see them. So obviously I've been to the ones in District 2, but now trying to get all around the city and see them. So They are wonderful. Yeah. And Alan is actually highlighting different routes to visit the Fantastic. different keepers in the different areas of the community. And, and we've had a lot of people really excited to get out and explore those parks. Yeah. People don't realize all the green spaces that Wichita really does have. That's a great point. And for bike walk, for, excuse me, for um, Bike Share ICT, we did do a little tour of how you could go around and see all the flag murals downtown on Bike yes. Share. Yes, so, we've highlighted that. Yeah. It's wonderful. And, yeah. so for community members, but then also visitors, because mm -hmm. we know a lot of people who come to visit our great city use Bike Share ICT, so we want to let them also get a little taste of some of the flag murals and the local artists that we have here in town. Well, I know I've loved seeing you progress over your career, and it's been really fun working beside you on multiple initiatives over the past, um, I'll say about 15-ish, 20 years maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, it has been a delight to see you in all these different roles um, and working in different areas of the community, and especially your focus in public health. Uh, you were actually the one that kind of got me uh, oh. engaged in public health. For example, the Health and Wellness Coalition. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are familiar with the Health and Wellness Coalition. It has a pretty broad base. Uh, but you've also worked with the Health Alliance, uh, getting that established, Tobacco-Free Kansas, and as you mentioned, through your work at the YMCA. Of course, we're all proponents of walking and biking. Um, just wanted to kind of hear your perspective on how and why encouraging walking and biking can enhance community health. I don't know that people necessarily connect it. They think it's fun. I, I've said this repeatedly for years, long before I was on council, that people don't always understand the clear connection between the health of the community and economic development. And one of my goals, not only in our own community, but across the state when I was president of the Kansas Public Health Association, was to make that connection and that line a little less dotted and a little more solid yeah. um, because truly when we think about businesses and trying to attract businesses to our community, businesses will come to a healthy community and businesses will stay in a healthy community unless you're in heavy manufacturing. As a business owner, one of your number one expenses is your people, right? That's right. your greatest commodity. And so having a healthy workforce is so important. The other thing is when I'm talking with businesses, whether they be multi-billion dollar businesses or they're you know, small businesses that have five employees, everybody is concerned about attracting and retaining talent. It's more expensive to train an employee than to retain an employee. So um, again, before COVID, BC, um, we had and still do have a very vibrant economic um, system, ecosystem here. And businesses, it's it's great to get people to come to Wichita to take jobs. Um, and our you know anchor industries are are really grateful that we have a skilled and trained workforce. But then we need to keep them here. Yes. And so having you know amenities in addition to attractions, but then also walking and biking and and different things is really what 
keeps people here and keeps people interested and excited about living in Wichita. So even if it's not just active transportation, it is also recreation that matters. Both are important, but for attracting and retaining talent, um, it's the recreation part of it, but it's becoming more and more transportation, especially with the younger generation. Definitely what we are hearing. Yeah, it makes me sound ancient when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's definitely clear how your path and your background, you know, you've walked the walk, you've done coalition work you've done grassroots advocacy and organizing uh, for years we've worked on different yeah. projects so um, how has that kind of informed you you know working on city council now uh, you're in that power position oh I don't know if it's power position but um, you know I my my role now I think on city council and and the one thing that I'm most excited about our city council is that it's it's really strong and we're very cohesive we work so well together and we all bring our strengths and our backgrounds and and none of us want to be in a niche or a pigeonhole of that's the only thing that we we have experience or interest or content expertise in but definitely my passion for active transportation safe and reliable active transportation is something that um, I'm I'm able to champion and advocate for. I'm still serving as chair of the Health and Wellness Coalition of Wichita, and our our mission is to make sure that we provide, um, you know, think about active transportation and healthy eating for every generation living in the greater Wichita area. So something that's always on my mind and always on my heart, not only from the bench, but also when I'm deciding what groups I want to be involved with, what activities that I want to participate in. I haven't known you nearly as long as Kim has, but I have known Since you. Since 2002, Kim and I met in <laughs> Reno County oh at their local coalition. I yeah. remember. Yeah. Right. But I have known you for a few years, yeah. including before you were on city council. And one of the things that I've noticed is your strength is, is thinking strategically. Oh, thank you. I've I really appreciated how you look at the big picture and implement or focus on what needs to be done to, uh, to accomplish that. Thank you. So let's talk about the big picture. What What's your vision for Wichita? So when I think of a vision, I think of that kind of utopian aspect, right? So there's no answer that's too wonky and, and, and unrealistic. But I will go back when I was um, seeking appointment to be on city council, one of the questions that they asked was something very similar. And, and to be quite honest, I didn't answer the question well because my mind was flooded with so many ways that we could go, right? We're thinking about our economy, we're thinking about quality of life, we're thinking about um, safe and reliable infrastructure. I mean, there's just a million different things that we could do. And so after reflection, um, and and that was when I had my interview with the city, then city council and mayor, we had the opportunity to do a, pr- a presentation before city council and mayor on the day that they were going to appoint us. And, and I told them, you know, I didn't answer the question well during my interviews, but I, I have an opportunity to reflect on it more. And, and I consistently say since then, my vision for Wichita is that the students who are in middle school here now will be here in 20 years. And they will be here because they have great jobs that they've been well trained for. They have infrastructure that they are excited to to utilize for active transportation and and you know just normal day to day. That our city is vibrant and welcoming and diverse, and and that's what will anchor them here. So if we can keep our middle school kids here, our high school kids here, twenty years from now, I think we would have done our job well now. So. Well, Bikewalk Wichita's mission is to transform Wichita into a more livable, accessible, connected city by making biking and walking safe, equitable, and appealing. So 
our mission is very similar yeah, to what, what your vision is. So uh, we're looking forward to, to working toward that. Absolutely. And of course, you know, one of our most important areas of the city, you know, that definitely requires strategic thinking is our downtown streets and, and, and area. Definitely when you're talking about economic viability and, and a bunch of those areas. Uh, it is the heart of the city, obviously geographically, but also, as I mentioned, economically and culturally. Uh, there has been lots of discussion about the downtown streets conceptual plan. Um, and according to the plans, you know, that we've seen, most of the uh, priorities that the citizens want for downtown is to promote, you know, that vibrant downtown neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, they want that active transportation, that safe yeah. stuff. You know, I want to go shopping. I want to go dine with my friends and, and hang out. So um, what are your thoughts about the downtown streets and kind of the conceptual plans that are being made right now? Yeah, great question. And obviously not in my district, but I've been a true champion and advocate for re revitalizing our downtown even before I was on council. Um, I was an active member in helping to plan and seek funding for Open Streets ICT. And, and one of the goals truly was just to bring people downtown who maybe don't normally come and kind of to take the streets back. Um, yeah. when, when streets and roads were developed, they were developed for bikes and horses and walkers. And not that, you know, we have, <laughs> not that we don't need cars and we all know that we do, but just giving people a different perspective and a, and a way to think about it. Um, you know, I always say that the world looks a little bit different, our city looks a little bit different when you're traveling 10 miles an hour on a bike versus yeah. 40 miles an hour in a car. So what's exciting for me about making the community, especially downtown, more walkable and bikeable is not only, you know, just having the, the experience, um, having the health benefits of walking and biking, but also it is it does have an economic impact. If I'm walking from restaurant A to, to the theater or to the next venue that I'm going, I may stop and look in a, an art gallery and, and decide to make a purchase. Or I may say, oh, let's you know go into this next place that we would have driven by 40 miles an hour and not see and, and spend a little bit more money in my community getting a cup of coffee or a dessert. So there's also an economic impact of just slowing everything down and making it more walkable and bikeable. Absolutely, and we've heard that you know from a lot of council members. There's there seems to be general support. They they understand this. It's something that has been discussed for sure. a long time. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, there's been a lot of studies and a lot of consultants that have come over the years, um, and pretty much every single one of those have indicated that that's what needs to be done in order to make a viable, thriving downtown sure. that's going to support our our local businesses and our residents. Um, so. We've had all these studies and consultants. Do you have any ideas or thoughts about how to make this a reality? I think that more people need to understand, and that's why this is so valuable in getting the information out there, more people need to understand the value of a community that's walkable and bikeable besides just health advocates and walking and biking advocates, right? Um, and so... One of the things that we've done well, and sometimes as the city, people you know think we move slow, and, and we do, and part of it is we have to have data, we have to have research. We are beholden to our community members to get their input and suggestions. And while I am a walking and biking advocate, not everyone is. And so we do need to hear all sides of the story and make sure that we're getting as many people's voices as we can, and, and always thinking about the unintended consequences. But uh, if I could just take a moment, when we, a few 
few years ago, um, we did a, I was involved in a group, the Coalition of Coalitions Building the Case for Public Health in Cedric County, and we did a public health sister city site visit. And not only did we take public health advocates and, and business leaders from from Wichita to Tulsa, the city that we selected. We also took folks from the Greater Wichita Partnership and our Chamber of Commerce. And their Chamber of Commerce presented to us and told us that of their five goals that they have for their community in the next, I can't remember how many years, making their community more walkable and bikeable was their number one priority as a Chamber of Commerce. And so I'm happy to report that we do have a representative from the Chamber of Commerce on the Health and Wealth Coalition who focuses on, on active transportation and that healthy eating. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And so... And that was intentional because not only is he awesome and just a fine community leader and will be the next generation of leadership in our city, I'm quite convinced, but also a a great way to engage other voices and especially the business community in understanding this. Again, this is far beyond a health issue, but right now the health folks are the only ones with the loudest voice. So in in my opinion, um, that's that's one thing that we need to do. And we do have an opportunity in our community. We have our capital improvement program. It's a $2 billion plan for the next 10 years. And I'm pretty sure there's funding next year to revisit the Wichita Master Bicycle Plan. So I think that that will also lend an opportunity to hear more voices and, and get more people interested and in, in engaged in this and to, to better understand the issues. That'd be great. Yeah. So. One of the specific things that you have done, as you have, have mentioned, is to get the bike share program started in Wichita back in 2017, and that continued until earlier this year when, uh, kind of, as you said, uh, the world fell apart <laughs> as a result of, of COVID. Um, it both it and the and the scooters downtown shut down, but I understand that it's that the bike share program is now scheduled to uh, get back up running in, in December. Um, can you tell us uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I've i said this several times, and Director Mike Tan, of Director of Transit, who bike share now falls under, kind of shakes his head every time. But I, I will be honest in saying I've cried many times during 2020. Yeah. I think we all have. But the two times that I've cried the hardest one for good and one for bad was the night that director tan called me and told me that bike share wasn't going to go away temporarily and he assured me we'd do everything we could to revitalize it and then the day that he called and said that we'd <laughs> we have a new vendor and we're moving forward and those were happy tears um so we started bike share back in in 2017 um, and had just a fantastic three-year run and then because of covid the vendor that we were using unfortunately had to file bankruptcy so our bikes were taken off the streets and and really at an unfortunate time because I saw so many more people in the community walking and biking than I ever had before and I just kept thinking oh my gosh so many people could be using these Mm -hmm. these bikes right now Um, just not only for recreation but also for transportation so we are hopeful to have if everything goes as planned we just had an advisory committee meeting yesterday that we will have bikes on the ground 
1st of December. We know it's not ideal timing, um, but who knows? We could have a really mild winter. That's what we're hopeful. And and people still walk and bike during during the winter months. Um, and, but then really with the, the plan of gearing up for May, May is National Bike Month, and we always celebrated it very robustly mm-hmm. here in our community through yeah. Bike to Work Day, Bike to School Day, a whole calendar of events. And so that's kind of our next eye on the prize, if you will. But um, one of the things we're going to be doing is just a concerted effort to try and get all of our past members back um, to get their membership renewed um, and, and just get people re-energized and, re- and excited about having bikes. And um, some of the bikes will be used from before, some will be repurposed, and then we'll also have brand new bikes. I also did want to highlight one of the issues that we had with our with our past vendor was the locking system wasn't always the most uh, quick or efficient, and we selected a vendor that has a, a, a better locking system. So if you used Bikeshare ICT in the past, and you weren't thrilled with it, please give it another chance because it's going to be even better. And that's great. We, we had to rescue several of them. Yes. We were glad to do so. Yeah. You've talked around uh, the issue, but could you focus specifically on why was it important to you to start the bike share, to have the bike share? Yeah, and again, I can clearly remember the conversation I was meeting with Scott Wadle, who was, and then, um, in, I don't even think he was in transit, I can't remember, no, I think he was in the no. Economic Development Office, and um, I had been involved with the master bicycle plan, the master pedestrian plan, and so Scott and I were chatting one time about, I think, a placemaking initiative that we were working on, or, or something else, and I said, you know, what What in the master bicycle plan is not going well? And he said, well, bike share hasn't even been addressed, and it's part of the 10-year plan, and so just went back and did some thinking, and then met with Scott a few more times and put together some plans, was able to go to the Wichita Community Foundation and get some seed money to start a, a really small system, but we knew it wouldn't be successful. It wasn't going to have enough bikes or stations that people would really want to utilize it. So did a little bit more work and, and went to our friends at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas who graciously funded the program. And the first two years they just did annually. And then now they have committed to fully funding the program through 20 of 25, which oh, is amazing. Nice. And, yeah, and because of their gracious sponsorship, we're able to keep the membership costs really low so that people can utilize the system. Um, we do know, and one of the things that I am most excited about is that people use it for recreation. Most people use it for recreation. But when we started the first year before we enhanced the system and ended 20 more stations and 100 more bikes, the number one place that people stopped where there wasn't a station was at Dil- uh, Douglas and Hillside. And if you look at Douglas and Hillside, there's a Dillon's there. Right, correct. And so, you know, we can only speculate what people were doing, but my hope is as downtown is a food desert, people were taking the bikes to that Dillon's at Douglas and Hillside to, to be able to grocery shop. And so that was one of the reasons, too, having the baskets on the bicycles were so important to us, um, just to make sure that it would give people additional options. But... Um, you know, not only is it just a great amenity, I see people having so much fun, but I also see people who are riding it to appointments or to get from where they need to go. So that's what really made it something that I just got extremely passionate about and excited about. And no matter what, they're always smiling. Yeah. And and I will highlight, too, um, one of the things uh, that most people, we don't always get to tell the story, but we've had riders from every state in the United States and from other countries. So for a while, I think it was New Hampshire 
something was the holdout and I was like, I'm going to New Hampshire and finding someone to come back and ride bike share. But happy to report that we've had riders from all 50 states. So it's a great partnership too with Visit Wichita and other organizations to promote it. The downtown hotels do a great job of making sure they have the brochures out. And and if somebody doesn't want to be an annual member, they can just be a daily member. Um, So if somebody is visiting the city, they can jump on a bike. The other thing that people tell us that I'm excited about is if they have kiddos and they want to come downtown and ride, now they can just transport their kiddos' bikes and then they can check out bike share. Right. So it also just makes it easier for people to get downtown to to see downtown in a different way. And we experience the same thing whenever we have, you know, slow roll events and rides. We try to start them around bike share awesome. stations and let people know if you either can't transport your bike or you don't own one, this is a perfect time. And I'll never forget those two women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first time they had been back on a bike in 20, Sep- 20 years, years, we'll say. <laughs> and uh, they were having such a good time along the Ark River path and, and just smiling and laughing and giggling the entire way. Um, I think Jack had to fall back and try to teach them how to shift <laughs> and stuff, uh, but they had such a good time. And yeah. so we always try uh, to do that with our events. As and well. I appreciate that. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories of Bike Share is my husband and I on a Saturday were at uh, the Nifty Net House, which is also another gem of mm-hmm. our community that I didn't mention earlier and wish it was mm-hmm. in District 2, but kind of glad it's not because <laughs> then I'd have all another issues. Um, <laughs> but we were in there and we were getting something and a group of women came in and they were just laughing and having a blast and we did our shopping and when they and it might have been the same group of women came I don't know but when we left we saw them get on the bikes and they were just having a blast and it was so good to see them interact in that way and then you know also um, shop and you know get involved in our community but also get a, a few pedals and f- protect their health so win 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 Work off those uh, double-dipped chocolate peanuts. peanuts right? <laughs> How did you know what I got? <laughs> I know you very well. Well, their bike share program does have lots of benefits, both to the individuals uh, yes. from a recreation standpoint, from just a, a, a tourism standpoint, visiting Wichita and so forth. But from our perspective, the program has been a, a great success beyond just the effect on the individual riders because one of the best things about it is that it's just gotten more people out on the streets. Yeah. And it's very clear that from a safety standpoint, uh, from an encouragement standpoint, uh, that the more people that you have out uh, biking and walking, even using the scooters, the safer it is uh, for everyone, for the people using them as, as well as for motorists. Uh, and of course it encourages the health. Have you seen that the bike share program, when it, help to increase the number of people downtown? I I think so. I mean, I can, I can only tell you because we had such a high ridership um, that people were utilizing it, and we knew that they were utilizing it from multiple areas within the community. It wasn't, the memberships were certainly not just from people downtown. Mm-hmm. They, they were really broad uh, across the entire community. And I heard stories of people saying, you know, I haven't been on a bike in years, and I rode bike share, and now I'm going to get my own bike. Um, just because they saw the the benefits of using it. I I was at a charity event um, last fall, and I had a woman come up to me who I know very well. She's a, a fantastic veterinarian and community leader here in Wichita, and she said that her and her husband the previous weekend, and she lives in District 2, my district, the northeast portion of the community, that they drove their car to Clifton Square, and then they rode the queue downtown, 
and then they checked out bike share and then they checked out scooters and then they went for a walk and then they rode the queue back to Clifton Square and drove back home. And in my mind, they had they utilized five different right. forms of transportation <laughs> mm-hmm. in one afternoon. And she said two, all either no cost or low mm-hmm. cost, right? Mm-hmm. So probably the gas in their car was the most expensive thing. So it was just a really cool story and, and resonated with me, you know, two, almost two years later or a year later that um, they were able to to think of that and to, to realize it. But it also showed me people from da- from District 2 are coming downtown just mm-hmm. to use bike share mm-hmm. and to see the city. Mm-hmm. Although it's not strictly within our purview, uh, the, the queue line has been a uh, fantastic addition to downtown. Absolutely. And running out to Clifton Square and, and beyond. Uh, that that really has uh, opened up a lot of opportunities for people to come downtown and, and experience it. Uh, yeah. That's that's been fantastic. One of the happiest days in my career too is when we um, and and it was before Director Tan came, but I remember when we were able to get the city of Wichita Transit Department to be able to add the racks on the front of the yeah. buses so that mm-hmm. people could utilize mm-hmm. um, two forms of transportation. And sometimes, again, it wasn't because of recreation. It was because of the only form of transportation they have. Mm-hmm. And so it was a way to help transit-dependent individuals in our community to be able to get to and from a little bit easier. And I love it when I see the buses and there's two bikes in the front of all of yep. them. That just I, makes my day. I look at every single bus Yeah, I do still, too. And there's always a bike at least one bike on there and so it's very exciting and even year-round a lot of people say oh I didn't you know who would ride if it's snowing and a blizzard out almost every single time then when I'm out on that I still see bikes on the bus and you see the tracks on the the sidewalk and the ground yeah and it's sometimes by choice and it's sometimes you know people want to do that and that's their lifestyle and then for some people that's their only choice and, and that's how they're able to get around the community to where they live learn earn play and pray so well, Kim asked about the downtown streets plan yeah. earlier, and uh, in fact, turning back to that for just a moment, uh, one of our thoughts on the downtown streets plan, which we're generally very much in favor of, we think it's a, a great concept, but I think there should be even more provision for, for biking and walking downtown. It, uh, like I said, it would make some it, lots of improvements in that respect, but especially in light of the bike share program, uh, we think it's important to provide even more space for, for biking, especially, and, and for walking. Uh, because technically, among other things, it's against the law to ride a bike downtown on the sidewalk. Absolutely. Where you see most of the people riding because that's where they feel most comfortable. Mm-hmm. So we need to do more to make them comfortable riding uh, in the street or in facilities for, for bikes. We'll, we will be urging that in the, in the comments on the uh, on the downtown streets plan when that well, comes up. And the good thing about our downtown streets, we have very wide, yeah. flat streets. Uh, all the consultants that come are just always amazed from the coast. You know, they're always amazed at how much space we have. And so, uh, just creating dedicated space for each you know mode of transportation makes it just so much easier to drive, walk, or ride uh, because you know where you expect where everybody's going to be. Um, instead of, you know, coming up on somebody um, out of the blue. So we are really excited about the Downtown Streets plan. Great. Hi, we just wanted to take a moment and thank a few of our sponsors who are passionate about helping transform Wichita into a safer place for you to walk and ride. Please shop local this holiday season. And thank you, REI. 
who just opened a store at K96 in Greenwich. If you are looking for outdoor gear, even in the winter, you must drop in and check them out. Yes, I love that store. Also, Palmer Physical Therapy for Women. Uh, they are hosting a series of Nordic walking uh, classes, and I have taken it. It's awesome. I really am enjoying it. Um, if you are looking for a full body workout, uh, this is definitely something uh, to, to try out. Also, uh, I know they have gift certificates and other things uh, for all of their massages and yes. other services. In addition, we have Truck Stuff. Uh, they can install all the hitches and help you haul your adventure gear. Uh, it, they have some great stocking stuffers. Yes. And then thank you, Medis, for keeping us rolling with their delicious food. Please stop in and check out all of these sponsors and let them know how much you appreciate them supporting uh, Bike Walk Wichita and walking and biking in, in our city. Thank you. Well, as you mentioned, uh, we have seen a huge increase in the number of people out biking and walking during COVID and during this pandemic. And we are definitely excited. That's one silver lining uh, that we have seen, you know, during this pandemic. Um, in fact, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, some national data actually just revealed that Wichita is in the top 10 cities in the U.S. for growth in biking since oh, nice. May of last year. Fantastic. It has increased 90 to 120 percent, they indicate. Wow, that's amazing. It's I that, have, I'll it, have to see that off study. Off the chart, so I will send that to you. Thank but, you. Um, I know we've seen it, um, and you mentioned trying to create, you know, stronger places where people live, learn, earn, play, and pray, and we've heard you say that for years, <laughs> and that you take that very seriously about working in all those areas. Any positive lessons, you know, from this crisis? I know you're dealing with budget shortfalls and all sorts of stress, uh, but are you, are, is the city having, experiencing any other, you know, silver linings, or? And that's a great question, and thank you for pointing that out, and I was on a podcast, I don't know, probably back in May, and got asked the same question, and my answer would be the same today, is that because of COVID, we've all had to change, and and, and we've learned that we can and must do things differently sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember in the very beginning of all of this when people were, were working from home and people saying, I can't work from home, and then they realized they can, and they are, and now some of them don't even want to go back. Mm -hmm. And not just city employees, but, you know, all across the Absolutely. our community, the, the state, the nation, the world. So what I've really learned and am most proud of wearing my city of Wichita employee hat because truly there are 3,107 city employees, city council and mayor are also employees and I feel very much that I'm part of the team of city employees is that we've been very adaptive and we've thought about how do we use our parks in different ways, how can arts and culture still be happening but in ways that people are safe. Um, transit. Uh, there isn't one department within the city of Wichita that hasn't done a fantastic job of looking at what they do and how they do it and how can we do it in a different way. So for me that's heartwarming when you have you know so much already on your plate and then you have crisis and turmoil but you have just great community leaders who are willing to lean in and to say we still need to provide the same high level of service to our residents because they deserve it and expect it but we're just going to do it in a different way so that's heartwarming for me 
It is, and it's nice to see the connections and more people coming together as they're out walking and yeah. in their neighborhoods and stuff, seeing yeah. those connections. So there's a few parks that I go by consistently just because it's on my way to you know different places, and Eastview Park is one, for example, on 13th, and I've never seen as many people in I Eastview know. Park. And, and, and I will mm-hmm. highlight, too, one thing that the city did not do well, and I had a woman who reached out to me via email with a really kind... Um, compassionate plea that her son was wheelchair bound and we just put in some of the paths some of the sidewalks and we didn't do a curb cut and it mm. and, and I was out there and I didn't even think of it but you know I wasn't looking at it from that lens and so I got with our city engineer who's also our ADA coordinator and within less than two weeks we had the situation resolved so that now her and now I'm excited that her and her son can go back mm-hmm. to having their walks and not have to go all the way back from where they started from so that was just another great example of you know the work that the city, our great employees strive to make our community better and better for everyone. And and I know for Bike Walk Wichita, equitable mm-hmm. transportation is something that you're interested in. That was a really great example. And that's why I love working in Wichita. I mean, it is the perfect size city. Yeah. Uh, really, anyone, any resident can step forward. They can request meetings yeah. with council. They can, you know, get engaged with set city staff, uh, provide their input. Absolutely. And, and it's just, it's really a good city uh, to do work in. Yeah. to do advocacy and other work. So with COVID, I know funding has definitely been, you know, a top priority in looking at the budget mm-hmm. uh, and trying to figure out what is even going to happen in the next coming years uh, because of COVID. How do you think we can, you know, continue to work uh, and fund infrastructure for improved biking and walking, you know, that's going to improve economic development and everything else? Sure. We do right now, um, and I know we're getting ready to get some more updated budget information from our city manager and finance team, but um, we have been looking at a $50 million budget shortfall for the next three years. So that's that's real money, and that's mm-hmm. real decisions that have to be made. And, and we've heard from the community you know what's really important to them and and we have things that you know are what we consider untouchable such as public safety and and things Um, we also have a 10-year capital improvement program it's a two billion dollar program that we will continue to um, work on um, and I know that infrastructure for walking and biking is also included in that and so um, you know important and and challenging decisions will have to be made um, during the next few years and not just Wichita where this isn't just a Wichita centric Mm -hmm. issue Mm -hmm. this is across again the the state the nation and the world so um, we will be prioritizing you know and trying to use our really precious time and treasure in the most effective and efficient way that we can. I know one idea that has been suggested to squeeze, you know, more out of constrained budgets uh, is the idea of making small bets, mm-hmm. kind of temporary, low-cost changes in the streets uh, using cones, paint, you know, all the stuff you've done yep. uh, in, in a lot of placemaking and previous work, uh, and we're really excited about that concept. What can the city do to encourage and facilitate the idea of making small bets? I know the one thing I really was excited about was the Fresh Air ICT. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Thank you. Um, something that I was really excited to support. That was one of, I think that was the budget meeting on August 11th. So the, they had, they were there like nine hours waiting to be able to present. But um, just something that was new and innovative. And again, our amazing city staff of being adaptive and creative. We have across all the departments, but public works and utilities, we have such subject matter experts. 
who understand this way more than I ever could or should, right? It's 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 their job and that's what their their education and experience is in. But the thing that I've found is that they're always willing to listen. And and when people come with ideas and, you know, consistently I hear, well, tell us what they what they're interested in trying to do. So, I think having that open door policy is good. Um, and then also I know that their priority is always safety first and making sure that, you know, that we're doing things that wouldn't impact the safety of our residents or visitors to our great city in any capacity. So, you know, I think if you if you have an idea, you have a suggestion, um, come talk and, and see what we can do. I, as you mentioned, Kim, I've been involved in placemaking activities myself um, and did a little bump out um, for Riverfest at Douglas and Maine and um, saw really cool results. And, and, you know, had people thinking in a different way. And it was just a small initiative. But, again, it, it kind of planted seeds for other things to happen in the future. So I guess my thought would be if you've got an idea, let's talk. Well, we focused a lot on, on downtown so yeah. far. And District 2 is unusual in that it's one of the two districts that doesn't encompass downtown at all. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about District 2 a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What are District 2's strengths? Um, so I have lived in District 2 the entire time that I've been in Wichita. So for the past 18 years, it has been my home. Every council member is obviously committed to their entire city. We all are. We Every one of us every day looks through the lens of how to make the entire city better. Um, but we also are, also, are all very proud um, of our own districts. And so um, I mentioned Stryker earlier. I think that's really important. Um, if you haven't been to the Harrison Dog Park, I would encourage you all to go. I am going to go out on a limb against some of my colleagues and say it's the coolest park in town. And it is just amazing. And I got to go to the ribbon cutting um, last, I guess it would have been last fall. And and just a really cool amenity, even if you don't have a a furry one, just go and check the park out. But we have great parks and pools all across um, District 2. The one thing that I always put a plug in is we do not have a library in District 2, which most people would not know that. And so we uh, utilize the Rockwell Branch Library, which is really close. But um, so that's something that we are missing in Wichita, excuse me, in District 2. Um, Another thing that people may not know is that 35% of the property of the tax revenue comes from District 2 alone. So um, we have um, just kind of a different demographic than maybe some of the other districts in the city. But if you haven't been to District 2, come. We have amazing dining. We have shopping. We have Bradley Fair, which is one of everyone's favorites in the city. I mentioned the Greenwich and 96 corridor that has just exploded. I know. I think every time I go by there, something new opens up. Um, But then also the 13th and Greenwich Corridor has seen some amazing development. When I first moved to the city, the only thing that was out there was the Warren Theater. And I thought, I wonder why they put the theater out in the middle of a nothing area. And now it's packed and we have chicken and pickle and hotels and restaurants. And and that really is a cool entertainment center because you've got chicken and pickle and you've got the movie theater, which I hope will open again. And you've got the bowling alley and they have, you know, so it's a really fun place for my, my husband and when we have family come to town to go and we can literally park our car and go to everything we want to do right there in that area so um, and then also I would be remiss if I didn't say one of the strengths of Wichita's district 2 is just the great people um, you know, I look at my own neighbors and, and people in the neighborhood associations that I go to more consistently before COVID, but, you know, now we're even coming back to some virtual ones, but just people who are really impassioned and, and caring about our great city. So the people in District 2 are fantastic as well. 
Another one of the strengths of uh, District 2 is it has some of the, the premier trails. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Bike, hiking, bike trails in the, in the city or in the area with uh, the Redbud Trail yep. goes through District 2 and the Chisholm Creek Trail yep. and the Great Plains Nature Center are all uh, fantastic uh, facilities. On the other hand, once you get off of those trails, uh, it, it sometimes is a little bit difficult to get around District 2 uh, biking or, or walking. Uh, especially, unfortunately, in the K96 in, in Greenwich area, uh, there's not a lot of facilities there. There's busy streets, uh, wide streets. Um, how can the city encourage growth and at the same time make uh, arrangements for active transportation? That's a great question, and every month um, I, I, well, I'm in constant communication with public work and utilities, especially our, our our city engineer, but we just had a meeting on Monday, and this was on our agenda of talking about Redbud, and you know, and we are always thinking about active transportation when we're thinking about transportation in our community with you know routine accommodations that it always has to be part of the discussion. Um, but I will say that we always can do better, right? I mean, and so when I look back to Wichita when I first came here in 2002 and I look now, how much different it was. And when, you know, I remember being part of the ribbon cutting when we put bike lanes on 1st and 2nd Street and, and people kind of scratching their head like, what's that? And then we expanded them and now we have bike lanes, you know, in multiple places, not only in downtown, but across the city so it's something that's definitely on our radar and something that we know that we can do better and part of our capital improvement program so it's something that we're, we're looking at and hoping that we can continue to expand and enhance. Bike Walk Wichita has had lots of activities in, in District yeah. 2 and, and all over the city. We sponsor uh, walks uh, on, at the various parks. Yeah. Uh, we sponsor uh, rides uh, along the Redbed Trail and in, in uh, Chisholm Creek Park. Do you have any thoughts on what else we can do as an organization to uh, help improve District 2? Well, thank you for that gr gracious offer. Um, keep doing what you're doing, of course. Um, and then also, if you ever, we do have a District 2 newsletter. All of our, our council members have a newsletter that goes out every other week. So if you ever want to, and I know in the past you've contributed robustly, but if you have events or anything that you want to promote, I'd love to have you come to one of our breakfasts. Once a quarter in District 2, we have breakfast. And um, in the past, we met in person. Now we're, we're meeting virtually, and it's, it's going well. And we still have people who are participating. Um, so those would be two, you know, really tangible things that I can think of. But the other thing is just to keep the communications open um, and let us know. I think the city of Wichita is not unique in the fact that everybody's kind of doing their thing and working hard and you're almost like on your gerbil wheel and then somebody stops your wheel and you go, oh yeah, right? And so, you know, if there are needs or, or things that seem obvious to you, maybe they're not to us just because we're so entrenched in what we're doing on a daily basis. So um, another thing you can do as an organization is just stay in contact and, and, and let us know what you're thinking and, and what ideas and suggestions you have. Continue to be a valued and trusted partner. You are. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. This has been quite a, an awesome interview today. <laughs> I have really enjoyed it. Um, and I know you've mentioned several things that residents can do to get involved yeah. um, in the city. Um, is there any one last thing that you think residents or neighborhoods can do to improve Wichita uh, beyond getting involved in the neighborhood associations and dad boards? And yeah, and that's really 
probably my number one plea. Um, I do a presentation in different areas at WSU and, and through different organizations, and um, it's called Loud and Local, and it talks about the work that I've done as a community activist before I was on council, and, and I say I. I've done nothing alone. Everything I've done has been part of a team, but through the Health and Wellness Coalition or the Health Alliance or the Coalition of Coalitions or Tobacco-Free Wichita or Rykwak Wichita, all of the organizations, my end slide is a call to action of do something. Just pick one thing, one organization that you're super excited about. If it's our plastic bag task force, if it's Bike Walk Wichita, if it's being on the park board, the park foundation board, anything, but find one thing that you can do to make Wichita better. Um, a great experience that I'm enjoying right now is um, W, which what used to be the Wichita Young Professionals, is now W through the Chamber, Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce, and I'm a mentor. And so last night, my mentees and I had our Zoom call, and again, I said to them, not only get involved because you'll make Wichita better, but you're going to meet new people, you're going to hear different perspectives, and I think all of that really just contributes to the richness of our community and the vitality of our community. So please get involved in just one thing. Everybody get involved in at least one thing. I actually remember that slide. Yeah. You're you, you definitely a big proponent of engagement. Yes. Um, and so what is the, the easiest or best ways that you prefer people communicate with you? Um, I am totally happy with email. I am completely happy with people scheduling an appointment to come see me. And now if you, you, know, you can't come to City Hall to see me, we can do it virtually. I would be completely happy for people to have my cell phone number. I'd share it with anyone and they can call me and text me, reach out at any time. I, I know in the world of, of elected officials, sometimes there are um, cheesy you know, phrases and catch and catch slogans, but I always tell people my door and my mind are, tr are always open, and I truly mean that. My door and my mind are always open. We may not be able to, to agree. We may not be able to you know, come to the resolution you hope for, but I at least want to hear it and have the opportunity to to think about it and see what can come to fruition. And we definitely appreciate that. Yeah. And we definitely appreciate your time today and willingness to talk to us. You bet. And I do tell people when, when I've, I've done this now for almost two years, uh, and what I've learned is when community members come with issues or suggestions, it's almost always going to go one of three ways. It's you come to us, for example, the park that didn't have the curb cut out for, you know, for people to be able to, to, utilize other forms of transportation it could have been a bike it could have been a stroller it was a wheelchair in this case so somebody came to us with an issue oh my gosh we just didn't realize that here's a quick solution sometimes the second way is you come to us and we say oh my gosh that's an issue but it's going to take a little while you know because time and treasure is involved or people come to us with an issue and we say that's not something the city's responsible for maybe it's the state maybe it's the county maybe it's something beyond our control but let's see what we can do together to find a solution so again i think the most important message that i would have to any community member is when my job is to listen to you when i was at the greater wichita ymca for example my last place of employment i had a three-page job description i have a one sentence job description now and it's listen to the residents of Wichita so please reach out at any time well thank you for joining us no thank you for having thank you me thank you and we'll see you out around town awesome have a great day hello there my name is Ronnie Wooster and I'm the volunteer coordinator for bike walk Wichita I'm here to announce our December volunteer spotlight each month, we like to say thank you to one specific volunteer, because without our volunteers, we wouldn't be able to have such a positive impact on Wichita. 
So for the month of December, I'd like to say thank you to Dr. Barbara Coates for volunteering over 500 hours with Bike Walk Wichita. Barb is the ideal volunteer for an organization like Bike Walk Wichita. She's so willing to pitch in and help with anything. Years ago, when getting ready to paint the office space, the first person to get down and clean the baseboards was Barbara. Sometime last month, I got a splinter under my fingernail in the recycle shop, and the next thing I know, she's right there with her first aid kit, digging it out for me. Barb has the professional background and interest to inform our program decision-making and has helped our pedestrian work group grow its reach beyond just hosting walks to include data collection and sharing walking routes throughout the city. Walking is the key to health, and by making access to safe, appealing routes available to anyone through our app, we're able to reach many people who we may never meet. So we're incredibly thankful for her hours of, quote-unquote, having fun in Google Maps. Barb is sure to be the first to sign up for any info table or outreach like Open Streets. Because of her willingness to help and how easy she is to talk to, she is one of the best at sharing our message and encouraging people to take steps towards a healthier life. And we can count on her to lead walks with an engaging and confident manner that people trust. So it's important since we get many people who have never gone on a group walk. Finally, Barb's attention to detail has made her an invaluable member of our database team. We know that if Barb finds our instructions clear and accurate, then anyone should be able to complete the procedures by following the steps, which is not easy, and I especially appreciate her patience and good humor as we refine these procedures. Bikewalk Wichita would not be the same without Barbara and her persistence in exploring ways to improve the health of our community. Her focus on increased walking opportunities for all people has improved lives and helped build a culture of active living in our community. So once again, I'd like to thank Dr. Barbara Coates for being a friend of Bikewalk Wichita. And if you'd like to be a friend of Bikewalk Wichita's and help us grow together, please visit our website at bikewalkwichita.org and you can find volunteer opportunities there. Or if you'd like, feel free to send me an email to roni at bikewalkwichita.org. Thank you everyone for tuning in and have a great rest of the week. Please thank and support these additional sponsors while you're out shopping local this holiday season. Bicycle Peddler, Bicycle Exchange, and Heartland Bicycle Shop have been keeping you rolling for decades. And not only do they help you with your, you know, most recent bike purchases and all those accessories and gear, but they really are interested in advocacy and they're mm -hmm. just as involved um, in helping expand our network across the city. Yes, and thank you, Johnson's Garden Center. Marty Johnson has been a great advocate for uh, biking and adventure cycling, really. So please visit one of his garden centers all across the city. Uh, Simply Sangria is located on the First Street bike lane, so they are very accessible. Just plan your route accordingly. And In Spirit Kombucha can just kind of keep you rolling right along there, too. So thank you for your sponsorships for Bike Walk Wichita. We also have Visionary Print, who can help with custom merchandise, audio video production, and they are the ones that help us with our podcast. We also have Dr. Katie, who is at Family Care Associates. We love her for keeping us healthy. Thanks to this huge increase in biking and walking, Bike Walk Wichita has an ever-growing network of friends who love shopping local. 
If you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing, please contact us and we can share our 2021 sponsorship packet and that includes a customized promotion plan for 2021. Thank you to all these businesses who go above and beyond um, and are really invested in our community. So if you're looking for a fun social bike ride during our December month, uh, our holiday light ride is on December 6th at Lincoln Heights Village at Douglas and Oliver. You can decorate your bike, bring your kids. This is a very, very slow roll and uh, it's through College Hill, so it's very bikeable. There's a large number of us, so it's a pretty safe group to go biking in. It is. It's a great time uh, to test yeah. out riding at night mm -hmm. uh, or riding in colder weather, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It definitely is a good time to try out lights, try out your uh, winter gear. And have you know, fun. Yeah. Socialize while you're yeah. out there. So check-in is at 5.15, and we hope to roll out at 6 p.m. We will go along College Hill and see the lights. So, what I love is that all the neighbors, mm -hmm. since we've done this for six or seven years now, all yeah. the neighbors have, you know, started to expect us. Yes. And I love when they come out on our on their porches and cheer us on. We and wave. are just as much of a spectacle as their houses. Yes. So, definitely light up, mm -hmm. get some music going, yeah. and, and join us. Well, if you, if you uh, prefer to walk or if you want to do both, the next weekend... On December 12th, we will have the Christmas Lights walk tours, and those will leave every 15 minutes starting at 5.30 p.m. Uh, the last tour leaves at 7 p.m., so uh, make sure you get out and uh, join us. It's going to be a great time. And it is an accessible walk uh, for all ages and abilities. Uh, we'll have music and just get to enjoy the, the cheer. Uh, the route will be marked, so if you prefer mm -hmm. to enjoy the lights with your own uh, family and friends and yes. not with a group of people, uh, we will have that set up for you and you can come at any time during uh, that. Absolutely. This is something that you can uh, just do with a closed group of people, uh, just a way to get out and share an experience of seeing some lights in a different way. So decorate your bike and self and lights and holiday cheer and join us. Both events, as we mentioned, start in the parking lot at Lincoln Heights Village, which is at Douglas and Oliver, right there where Watermark Books is. Yes. Uh, local restaurants and bars around that area will be having specials before and after. Uh, so make sure that you follow our events on Facebook or on our website, and we will be posting weather and COVID updates. In addition... Uh, we are starting to fill in our 2021 calendar, yes. so you can always continue watching our Facebook page mm -hmm. or our social, social media channels, or check our calendar online at bikewalkwichita.org. Uh, you can click right on the link below, mm -hmm. and it will take you to all of our different meetings and events. Yes, all and the time. definitely with, during winter, because of how the weather pans out and everything, we do have some very pop-up sporadic events. So you definitely want to stay in touch with us and uh, follow us on the social media platforms. We have some great things planned for New Year's mm -hmm. on. Kim, you just we just did uh, some wonderful things in November with uh, the Wichita Police Department. Yes, we partnered with the WPD Broadway Bike Team and had Operation Firefly. We had two events in November where our volunteers and the bike team officers 
we stood out on Broadway on a Friday evening and installed bike lights for people that were riding by that needed lights. And people were so appreciative. Um, we handed out quite a few um, and installed them. Now, when people are out, whether you're riding, whether you're driving, now, right. you know, just having people yeah. be more visible is exactly. important for all road users. Mm-hmm. So people were so thankful. And we will continue doing these pop-up Operation Fireflies all around town year-round. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you enjoyed the interview and all of the interesting topics that we covered in today's episode. Uh, We really look forward to seeing you out and around town, whether that's for our Christmas lights events or whether you're joining us uh, to kick off 2021 um, and hopefully ring in a new year. Thank you to Amy for joining me in the studio. And thank you, Kim. We had a good time. This is a great episode. Really enjoyed the interview with Council Member Tuttle. Extra thanks to Alan for setting that up. Special thanks to Ronnie again for helping appreciate our volunteers. We couldn't do it without our volunteers. We are a volunteer-led organization, so we really appreciate. And thank you to our podcast producer, Christian. Yep. We will see you out and around town in 2021.